Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in the name of Jesus Christ. My name is Joel Hess, and I pray that you are blessed by today's message with faith in Christ, who is our life. If you'd like to support the mission of God here in Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I, uh, when I was uh, in college, I have to confess this, I was a telemarketer. So you may have got a phone call, if you were in Michigan, I guess. I think it was, well, we did some national stuff, I suppose. Uh, you'll do anything in college to make a dollar, right? I mean, I didn't sell plasma, by the way, so I wasn't one of those people here. Brett, did you sell plasma when you were going to college? So I telemarketed for a political, so it's worse, yeah, telemarketer, and it was for a political party uh, to do surveys and ask questions. So again, I confess, I'm sorry, you have to forgive me now. We did these surveys to ask out, figure out what people are thinking, and uh, which is, by the way, it's another reason why I am in no way believe in surveys or polling at all, because I was doing it. So that means you're kind of trusting me uh, I don't know, 20, 19-year-old college kid to be accurate in survey taking. Second, people that, people that answer surveys, it's a special breed, okay? There's no way they are representative of humanity. So there's just a lot of knocks against actual polling, right? But I did it, made a little money, and also realized I can't stand politicians. Anyhow, there was a question that we asked in the beginning of this survey. You can ask them their opinions and all sorts of things, the economy, whatever. And it was a question that predictably received like the worst response or a negative response or maybe anger from the person taking the polling, which is hilarious because it's like, dude, you started taking the poll. What, what, do, you, what do you think you're doing? Why are you mad at the questions I'm asking? Just hang up. The question was this. Can you guess what the question was? What is your religion? What is your religion? So you get to that point. It's usually in the beginning. What's your name? Or, you know, not name, but uh, um, basic stuff. And one of them would be, what's your religion? Frequently, people would say, what? Can you guess? That's private. Which, again, is hilarious because, like, you just answered the phone. You're taking a survey of somebody you don't even know. And now you're concerned about your privacy, you know. But anyhow, that's private. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that. It's between me and God, right? Well, what do you think? Now, I remember listening to this, like, that oh, makes sense. Religion, I mean, it's kind of an American thing, right? The beauty of America is, or used to be, you can believe what you want to believe. Used to be actually a popular thing in America. You know, you can have a pri- your private religion. You can practice the faith as you see fit. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. And, uh, and that made sense to me. I remember thinking about that. But then I also thought, is that really the answer a Christian gives? It's private? When someone asks you what religion you are, oh, that's none of your business, that's private between me and God. No, that's actually insane, right? To actually, when someone asks you what your religion is and you say, I can't tell you, that's private, it's between me and God, that's nuts. And James, I think, would agree with me. This letter of James, people love James because ultimately people 
kind of sadomasochistic. We like to be told what to do, and we like to do things. We don't really like grace when it comes down to it. It's weird, strange thing about human beings, but we actually like the law, and we like punishment. And James is all that. If you just had the letter of James, there will be no Christianity. Everyone will be going to hell. No one will be saved if you just had that letter. He mentions Jesus like twice. Uh, doesn't talk about the gospel at all, etc. But we don't have just a letter. And James clearly is assuming that people know the faith and read the gospel according to Matthew and know Jesus. Does that make sense? It's a letter. It's not some major presentation of the whole word of God. But James has got, he's got a bee in his bonnet, if that's a thing that the kids say today. But I think it is, is it? Be in your bonnet. He's a little upset about something. He sees Christians as it kind of grew in popularity. Oh, this is probably still first century Palestine. But he sees people saying how they believe in Jesus, etc., and they're Christian. But they don't act like it. Can you relate to that? Well, I know you can't relate to that, but there's people out there that are like that, right? Right? I mean, it's not you. James isn't writing to you, so it's okay. You can relax. He's not mad at you. Those people. He's mad at those, those hypocrites, right? Which we're all very certain they exist, and they're making the Christian name look bad, and we know exactly who this person is that says they're a Christian but doesn't act like it. Well, James is upset about that. Specifically, he's upset about association. And almost the whole letter is about this. Who you choose to associate with or be kind to. He's seeing a trend that does not reflect the faith, okay? Instead, it reflects the world. Now, again, you can't relate because you're 21st century Americans. You live in a democratic republic. We believe in equality, so those were smart. They were dumb back then, but just entertain me. Let's talk about the culture back then, those, those animals. This is what they would do. In first century Palestine, Greco-Roman, Jewish world, the economy would work like you'd have a patron, you'd have a major person of each town, and they would be successful, etc., and it would trickle down. So trickle down, I'm the only criticism here, trickle down economy is kind of how it worked, right? You would take care of people below you, and they would speak kindly of you, so that would give you more support for who you are. So you'd want people lower than you to be hanging around you, to make you look good. And then they would have people below them. And it would trickle down to the whole society, okay? So in that way, it sounds good. But when it comes to associating or hanging out with, well, you would never be caught, if you're at the top of the echelon of society, hanging out with a beggar, like normally, like as if we're friends, Maybe they would be receiving some pity money from you, but you wouldn't be hanging out. They would have large meals in the town, and they would all come. So different circles of life would come, but, and you see this, Jesus demonstrates this, Paul talks about this, dinner fellowship. It's a big deal. Everybody would come from the town in the rich person's house, they'd have a large room, but the most powerful would sit at the adult's table, and it would go right down the line. And where you sat mattered. And you know what I'm talking about because you, I'll bet some of you sat at the kids' table 
during Christmas over with your cousins, right? Who sat at the kids' table? And then over time, you graduated to the adult table, and then you realized, oh, adults are really boring. I'd rather go back to the kids' table. That's kind of how it was. And so it's very clear by where you sat who was important, who was not, who was rich and successful, who was not. And that's how the world and the economy worked. And it wasn't terrible. They really did kind of take care of one another. And in the Jewish world, very familial. So very family, you take care of one another and somewhere or the other. Kind of. Well, James saw that happening in their life in Christ. He saw Christians doing this. And it kind of blew his mind. You know, if you read James chapter 2 is where we're, where we're at here. He says, now my brothers and sisters... Show no partiality. Again, he's not talking to you because you're smarter. You're Americans. You get this. But just, again, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring, I've got a gold ring, by the way, and fine clothing, okay, comes from your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes, don't look around, if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, like what I was talking about, right? While you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has God not chosen those who are poor in the world? Have you not been listening to the story of God? From, from Sarah, who was barren, to the Virgin Mary, to Jesus hanging around with the woman at the well? Has God not chosen those poor in the world to be rich in faith? What are you doing? Can you relate to this? You 21st century Democrats, Republicans, are we better than the people of James' day as Christians? Now, maybe we've gotten over, though. I think I we pretend that we are. See, they were not angry at the poor. They didn't treat them poorly, per se. They just knew their place. I think we do this. Oh, we'll give somebody a dollar. Oh, we'll smile for a second at someone, but will you hang out with them and be seen in public with this person of ill repute or who has nothing or this loser in the world's eyes or the poor or the strange looking, etc. No, we're not going to do that. We feel really righteous when we help them and then go back to our circle. We do this in our public life, at work, at school. Don't think just purely money. Think about people maybe of influence, people that if you're hanging out with them, they will help you. Because that's what it was back then. So even like a poor person, James is talking to poor people, by the way, who are like a, a person who can get them, you know, help them out in life. They're going to go and do stuff for and hang out with because they look good because they're hanging out with the superstar of the town. He's not talking to rich people only. He's talking to every type of person that judges others as to how they might help them out and look in the public with. It's not purely financial. Does that make sense? 
I, I know you don't do this, but I bet you know some people that do. And I bet they know some people that do too. And I bet you might be that person that they think is a hypocrite. Lord, forgive us for acting like that out there. I think social media, this political season, I think is something like that a little bit for Christians. The division and the segmenting might not be financial, but there's a certain self-righteousness that we're splitting off in society and acting as if we're better in our virtue than others, in our political opinions than, than others. And it goes all over the place. I wonder if that can be kind of what James is talking about too. How dare you associate with that person? Or we judge others as if they're inhuman, as if we can't even understand how they can be in the situation they're in. Whether it's their political opinions, whether it's their financial destitution, whatever it is, you know? How do we do this and divide and split? How do we walk, on, walk by someone that we'd be embarrassed to hang out with? Someone who voted for someone else, someone who is poor, someone who looks kind of embarrassing to be with. There's many different ways that we can sin like James is talking about. James goes on to say something kind of condemning. He says, uh, I like how he says this actually, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can that faith save him? In other words, you say you believe, but you don't even act like it. Does that make sense? He's not saying faith can't save. He's saying the fact that you're acting like this, I wonder if you have faith at all. Does that make sense? That's what he's saying. He's not saying you have to believe and do good works. He's saying that if you really believe that Christ took away all your sins and that everything you have is a gift from God, your talents and your skills, your ability to do well in public, to your elocution, your hard work, whatever it is, you're lucky. God has blessed you with these. If you really believe that everything you have is a gift from God, and especially the fact that you believe in Jesus in the first place, that you're forgiven of all your sins, if you really believe this, it will have fruit. You will not act like that toward others because you're going to see others just like you see yourself as someone who needs God's absolute grace, who's weak. You know, when you say you're a Christian, you're saying, I am weak and helpless. Did you know that? By the virtue of you saying, I'm a Christian, you are actually saying, I am weak and helpless and rely completely on God's providence because I ain't smart enough to do it myself. And most especially, I'm not righteous enough to get it. And that's what James is saying. If you really believe that, you're going to treat people differently. You're going to have no problem associating with someone who might not be cool in that circle. You'll have no problem having the power to give 
and forgive others and to be generous. You'll have no problem have the, having the power to be kind and gracious in this incredibly divisive time because you have been given everything by Christ and you know it's going to be okay and you are saved and you are forgiven and therefore you're not, your life is not hanging about every little political opinion. That's what James is saying. If you're not doing that, he wonders if you really believe in the first place. Faith without works is dead, he says. Doesn't mean faith and works equal. It means faith with, you're not, you don't look or act like you're, I don't think you believe. You don't have faith. Repent, James says. And we repent of that. Care about how we're talking, how we're acting. James doesn't say something, he alludes to it. The people James is talking to and you know someone who does do all these things perfectly. Jesus. Talk about someone who had no problem associating himself with the worst, (laughs) the lowest. That actually is our God. A babe in a manger with some nobody young family chooses to be born with the Virgin Mary, this servant girl living out in the country. The same Jesus chooses to hang out up in the Sea of Galilee with a bunch of nobodies. He was always accused of hanging out with nobodies and dimwits. The same Jesus is here in today's gospel lesson with this deaf person that no one would touch because he was cursed, people thought. They took care of him. Here's some food. They thought they're being nice. Jesus touches him, spits on his fingers, puts them in his ears, and heals him. The same Jesus spoke and hung out with the woman at the well. The same Jesus hung out with two murderers on the cross, had no problem associating with the lowest of the low, even you, even dying as a criminal to the world, even laying in our grave, and then sent his church to find the poor and the broken and the ugly and the unrighteous, the worthless and the valueless, and that's you, and that's me. It doesn't matter what we got. That's what we are, absolutely dependent on God's intervention. That's the center of our faith, is God literally hanging out with us, giving us his clothing of righteousness, because he took ours on the cross. That's the best way I can think of to daily be reminded of how to love others is to begin each day remembering, holy cow, how much does God love me? In Jesus' name, amen.